You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. To start this prayer as we come in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everybody stretch your hands out like this and say this with me. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healings, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim that I'm God's beloved. I am God's servant. And I want you to shout this out. I am God's powerful champion and because i am blessed i am blessing the world in jesus name amen everybody let's all join our voices together as we honor god's word thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path I want to give you ahead our big message for today. This is talk number 16 called commitment and uh, labor, if I'm not mistaken. Commitment and labor. There you go. So here's the big message. And uh, take note that we're borrowing this message. Uh, it's an old message by Pastor Judah Smith, if you know him. But we believe that this is too good not to preach and not to share to all of you. So here's our big message. I want you to write this down, okay? Don't get what you deserve. Instead, get what grace delivers. Hallelujah. This is so good. I'm telling you, get what grace delivers. If there is a person named grace beside you, tell her right now what you got for me. <laughs> okay. I'm talking about the grace of God, just in case you got that wrong. Okay. So imagine this. All right. Think about it. We are just one month away from, you know, the fabulous burn months. Can you imagine? Christmas is already just around the corner. I can already feel Jose Marichan ready to come out with this there you go, his face, face mask. And hopefully he's already vaccinated like, like you know, most of us. So Christmas is already around the corner. Um, I do hope and pray and declare this with me that we get to spend Christmas this time, you know, in the next few months um, together physically. How many of you miss your family members, your loved ones? But most especially, you know, one of the things that I really miss the most, especially last year about Christmas are always the Christmas parties, right? Come on, how many of you can relate with me? You miss Christmas parties? One of the best things that I miss about Christmas parties are always what? The raffles, right? How many of you love those raffles? The one time or one of the few times of the year where you can actually take home a freebie without actually paying for it, right? It's a beautiful thing. We miss Christmas raffles. But, you know, one of the worst things, we can all agree to this, as much as we love raffles, one of the worst things that can happen to you in a raffle is if your name gets drawn at the very start, right? Why? Because we all know that the organizers love putting, you know, the, the small, inexpensive stuff at the very start and they leave the extra, the extravagant stuff, the big stuff in the very, in the very end. Why? So that you will stay until the last moment, the last minute. That's why, you know, when you're called, your name is called at the very start, you're like, uh, bang pasta muna? You know, pass, please. Because you know, especially, you know, when, when, when somebody wins, the, when you find out that the grand prize is something so extravagant, 
like you know uh, for the women a date night with uh, BTS for for instance can i get an amen from the women <laughs> or or maybe something more extravagant like a round trip ticket to uh, i don't know the moon for for instance you know something really extravagant and the moment the name is called and it's not yours you're like oh my gosh that should have been me and then somehow be honest with me for the rest of the night you somehow resent that person that you see whether that person even is even a close friend because you see that that person is carrying that grand prize right you know there is a name that we call that certain emotion you want to know what that's called it's called envy it's called envy envy my dear friends is a real thing all right and this is what envy does envy will steal your joy it will steal your peace it will steal your your contentment I remember just a few days ago, you know, Haidilin Diaz. Congratulations, by the way, Haidilin, if you're watching. Haidilin is a feaster, just as you, you heard a while ago. Um, Haidilin won the gold for our nation. Praise God. She carried the nation on her back, literally. So we want to thank you, Haidilin. But you know what? As much as a lot of people celebrated her big win, I was a little bit shocked and a little bit surprised when I saw randomly in social media how some people were also commenting filipinos huh? they were saying oh how i wish that that was me sana ako na lang yun. because they saw her winning prizes you know the, the, the almost 40 million in cash a brand new house and lot a brand new condominium and a lifetime of other freebies and some of some of, some of them were like i wish i was her let me just say this all right Never ever wish to be in another person's position or even in another person's shoes because you don't know what it takes for that person to have reached that pinnacle of success. You don't know the kinds of struggle. You don't know the kinds of strife that that person had to go through in order to reach that success. I believe that a lot of people sometimes want the gold. They want the glory, but they don't want the grind. They don't want to put in the work. Some people want to be called the champion, but they don't want the challenge. You can't do that. That's what envy does. That's what we're talking about today, okay? So I'm going to give you some time right now to tag some people that you think would benefit from this message of envy today, all right? Because the story that we're going to read, tag their name right now in the chat box. The story that we're going to read is actually one of the most illogical and one of the most ridiculous stories that you will ever find in the Bible. And I do hope that this will speak to you, all right? I want you to turn to Matthew chapter, chapter 20. Verse 1, we're going to read a few, a few uh, pieces of scripture today, so I hope that you can follow me. This is Jesus talking. Jesus says, For the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and then sent them out to work. Quick comment, all right? Back in the day, this is how they hired people. They would not hire them through, you know, jam ads or, or, or uh, info sheets, but you know, they would actually go to a marketplace where, where they would hire people. Like they would shop for people literally. Like they would shop for, for slaves back then also. And then this is what happens in verse 3. At 9 o'clock in the morning, the first time that he went out was 6 a.m., at 9 o'clock in the morning, he was also passing through the marketplace and then saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them, that he would pay them at the end of the day, all right? Whatever was right at the end of the day. And then verse 5, so they went to work in the vineyard, and then at midday, and again at 3 o'clock, he did the same thing. And then check this out. At, at 5 o'clock that afternoon, the landowner was in town again and saw some people standing around. And so he asked them, why haven't you been working today? They replied, because no one has hired us. The landowner told them, then 
go out and join the others in my vineyard. It's a beautiful and very fascinating story at the very least because it says that one day this landowner at 6 a.m. goes out to the marketplace to hire some workers. Okay, he gives them a contract that he will pay them one denarius. That's the standard wage. And then he sent them out to the vineyard. All right, they have a contract. But three hours later at 9 a.m., he goes to the same marketplace, sees a bunch of guys loiter, loiter, loitering around and then hires them as well. But then same thing happened three hours later, 12 o'clock, 3 p.m. He goes to the same marketplace, hires another group of guys, and then sends them out to the vineyard. And then check this out. At 5 p.m., one hour before the shop closes or the vineyard closes, he goes to the marketplace and then sees another bunch of guys and then hires them also to go to the vineyard. Now, let me break this down for you in, in, in this table. So you've got five groups. Employee group number one, they work for uh, 12 hours. Okay, employee group, group number two worked for three or for rather for nine hours. Group number three works for six hours. And then group four works for three hours. And then the last group, group number five, worked for one hour. Now take note, only group number one, the one who worked for 12 hours, had a contract. Meaning the, the, the landowner said, I promise that I will pay you um, the, the, the one denarius. You know, the standard wage. Now, here is where the story gets really crazy. I want you to go now to verse 8 of, of chapter, chapter 20. It says there that that evening, he told the foreman to call all the workers in, group number one to five, and then pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed that they would receive more. But they too were paid a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. Those people worked only one hour and yet you paid them just as much as you paid us who worked all day in the scorching heat? This is where the conflict arises. The landowner says, he answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Did you not agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Now, is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? So those who are last now will be first then, and those who are first will be last. I got a question for you. How many of you would agree with me that the landowner was a little bit unfair? To, to everybody except for group number five, of course, because they're the ones who only work for an hour. Come on, raise your hands. You think the landowner was unfair? Let's be honest, right? It's logical to think that the landowner was unfair. I mean, imagine everybody who, who worked in that vineyard, regardless of the time that they spent, they were all paid the same amount. Now, for some reason, the landowner wanted to display unfairness. To everybody, now I'll tell you why in a moment, but listen to this. I want you to picture this for a moment, that you are part of group one. You're the one who worked for 12 hours. You know, you put in the work. You did the dirty job. You're, 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 you know, you, you toiled all day. You're bone tired. You're like a poster child of a Tide commercial. Not the before part, but the after part. When you're all brown and you're greasy and you're dirty, you're ready to go to the washing machine. That's who you are. And then you see the landowner finally now it's time to, to give the salary. He calls group number five first, the, the, the one who only worked for an hour. And then, lo and behold, you see that the landowner pays them one denarius, the standard wage. And so you're probably thinking, OMG, if they got more 
or rather if they got the same salary, I wonder how much bonus this guy is going to give me. And then when you receive that envelope, you look at it and it's the same standard wage, one denarius. And you're like, my gosh, this is unfair. Dole is going to hear from this. They're gonna, you're you're going to have to explain this to the Department of Labor and Employment, right? That's how you would behave because it really was unfair to begin with. But let me explain this, all right? Why did the landowner deliberately display unfairness to everybody? You want to know why? But first, let me explain this, all right? In this story, God is the landowner. And here's the reason why. Because I think that God deliberately blesses people in front of us why? So that we could learn how to trust in His goodness more. This is the reason why sometimes you see people being blessed more and that you feel like you're being blessed less. God wants to teach you. He's trying to train your heart to trust in His goodness more. I, I really got to explain this to all of you. Because there comes a time in our life when we feel like you know God is not favoring us. Like God is favoring our friend more. Like we're being blessed less and others... Are, are, are being blessed more because what God wants to tell us is that, hey, if I have the capacity to bless those people, I've got the ability to bless you too because the truth is you're already blessed. Can somebody type that in? I'm already blessed. Even if God is blessing so many people, it doesn't mean that I am being blessed less. See, a lot of us complain whenever God blesses another person. When we see our friend who, who once upon a time, you know, struggled with their finances and then we see that they're driving better cars now. The classmate that who used to copy off of our, our homeworks every single time lives in a better house than now, got, got, who's got a better job right now, better life, so to speak, always going on vacation. And so we complain to the Lord, Lord, this is unfair. Why am I being left behind? Why are you so unfair? To which I would ask you the same question. Is, is God really unfair? Are you really being left behind? Because I got to teach you this right now. This is a beautiful moment where Jesus is teaching all of us the difference between God's justice and God's grace. And let me tell you this. We need both God's justice and God's grace. God's justice. I want you to listen to this, all right? Very important. I'll tell you the difference. And I want you to even record this. Take a screenshot. Post this as much as you can. This is the difference between God's justice and God's grace. Why we need both. God's justice will make sure that we are reprimanded for what we deserve. We get punished for what we deserve. But God's grace will reward us. Will make sure that we are rewarded for what we do not deserve. That's how God's grace works. God's justice will tell me, okay, because you did this wrong thing, there is an equal punishment for that. But because God's grace steps in every time, God will bless you more than what you deserve to receive. That's why it's so important that we receive God's, God's grace every single time. And, you know, whenever, have you noticed it, that whenever it comes to grace, we have no complaints as long as, you know, grace is being received. As long as we're on the receiving end of that grace, we're fine by it. You know, keep on sending that grace, Lord. I'm going to keep on receiving it. But the moment the grace goes more to other people, the way we, we see it, we start complaining to the Lord. We, we start resenting those other people because we're envious that, Lord, why are you blessing those other people more than me? You know, there is another person in the Bible who felt the same way. He doesn't have a name, but we know him by association. 
we know him as the brother of the prodigal son. See, in the story, when the wayward son, the younger brother, left home and squandered his inheritance, you know, the, the older brother could not understand why the dad welcomed the young brother when he came back after he, he, he left the family. And so picture yourself for a moment in the shoes of that older brother, all right? You're, you're, you've worked the whole day. You, you, you did the work. You, you toiled the field. You, you took care of the livestock. You watched the sheep. You did everything. And then on your way home, you see the house strewn with lights. Music was blasting all over the garden. And you see a catering truck right outside. And, and, and so you, you, you don't understand the commotion. You see Ben and Ben setting up the stage. And you're like, you ask one of the workers, um, what's happening? And the worker says, oh, your younger brother, he finally came home. So now we're having a party. And so in your head, what? You run to your father and you're like, dad, why in the world are we throwing a party for your, for your younger son who left us? I have been here with you ever since. I've been faithful. I've followed you. I've obeyed you. I've loved you. I've served you. And yet the moment your son who was unfaithful, who left us, comes home, you throw a party for him? You, you order lechon for him? The only thing that you ever given me is lechon manok. <laughs> Why, dad? Why? You know, the only logical person, in fact, in the story is actually the older brother. He's the only one who actually had sense because the, the dad, a lot of us would probably agree if that was us in his position, why in the world would you, you know, welcome people, well, well, welcome the son who clearly was unfaithful to you. Let me close with this message, all right? See, in life, you will see a lot of people, my dear friends, who are dancing when they shouldn't be dancing. People who are celebrating when they should not be celebrating. People who are rejoicing when they should not be rejoicing. But here's my message. Don't be envious of them. Don't be envious of them. Don't be like group number one who was envious of group number four and number five just because they simply did not do the work. Now, why? Why should we not be envious of them? Because at another season of your life, guess what? You might be the one who will be in that position. You might be the prodigal son. You might be the one in group number five. And let me tell you this, you will always and also be desperate for that grace you will be desperate for god's love and god's mercy and god's compassion don't get what you deserve instead get what grace delivers get what grace delivers you have a choice you can either stay out of the party and be resentful or you can join that party and then choose to be joyful Let's rejoice for the people around us, even if we feel that they're being blessed more. Because at a time in our life, we might be those people as well who God is blessing. And we want people to also be joyful with us. All right? This is not the end of the message, but I hope that this has blessed you so much. Let's, let's all sing once again in honor of God's word. And then uh, our dear brother Bo will continue the message. All right? Here we go. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And a light unto my path. Please welcome everybody, Brother Bo Sanchez. Hi, everybody. Thank you again for joining us at the feast. I need to declare that powerful, powerful word that God is giving us today. Do not insist on what you deserve. Insist on what grace delivers. That's what you want to get. Can I be honest with you? 
That's a scary thought to get what I deserve. That's horrible. I know my sins. I know I don't deserve the blessings of God that is now flowing into my life. No, they're, they're, they're given by grace. But if I will only be given what I deserve, brrr, <laughs> that's scary. You know what? I, I, I really think we need to root out this whole phenomenon called entitlement. You know, when, when we, we gave so much, you know, we're, well, we, we're entitled for more. And then we, we get very envious and we get very angry when someone new gets more blessings and we say, I sacrificed more. I'm longer here. What's wrong? What, you know, we're feeling, we, we feel entitled. I'm going to share with you something so radical. My dear friends, if there's still entitlement in your heart, let me tell you, you have not yet gotten, not yet grasped, not yet understood the core message of the gospel of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus says that everything that you enjoy right now, everything that you have right now, your family, your friends, the, the material blessings, the health, the, the, the years that you have had, you know, everything comes from pure grace, comes from pure mercy of God. You you did not work for it. You did not deserve it. You just opened up yourself to the grace of God. Yes, you're, you have a role. You and I have a role. We open ourselves to that grace, you know, by trusting in God or by or by, by trying our best to follow Him, even if we struggle and, and struggle and fall 90% of the time. You know, that, that openness is what is the reason why we receive grace from God. Now, now let, let me share something powerful. You know, the landowner tells the employee group number one, uh, when they were complaining, he said, take what you have and go. In other words, God is telling you right now, get what grace is giving you and go. You know, trust Trust that the grace you are receiving now, the blessing you are receiving now, even the difficulties and the struggles and the trials that you are experiencing right now is what you actually need for this season of your life. Because the struggles and, and even the, you know, parang, parang konti yung blessing, you know, I, I deserve more. No, no, I want you to trust in God that no matter, let's say you tried your best and, and this is what, what's given to you. You know what? That's what you need. That's what, what you need at this particular time because that lack or that difficulty or that, I hope you're listening, that problem that is here right now in your life, it's going to lift you up. It's going to make you better. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to make you wiser. I want you to totally believe and trust that God is at work in, in your midst. You know, one of the other things I, I want to share with you is this. I want you to believe that the grace that is given to you is 1,000 times better than whatever you think you deserve. And let me, I have, a, I have a reflection on seniority. I'm not yet senior, but I'm older. And, you know, I've, I've, I'm, I'm the founder of the organization. So it's like, it's like, okay, or in my mind, I could have thought in this way. I deserve whatever, the best and the, the, the best blessings, of, the best benefits. So I, I, I built organizations, ministries, 
and some of them became global. And it was so easy for me to say, well, now, you know, you, you've got to give me like, like I've sacrificed so much. But you see, I don't believe that seniority is about being entitled. No, seniority, seniority, let, let me, let me call, let me, let me sh share this with you. Seniority isn't a call to be entitled. Seniority is a call to be expended, to be extinguished, to be exploited. If you are a parent, are you a parent? If you are a leader, are you a leader? If you have a higher position, if you are, you know, older, if you are, listen to me, listen to me. Your role is this. Your role is that others get blessed. Others, others get the best benefits and that you get the lesser ones. If you will insist in fairness and say, no, everybody's equal. I'm equal. My portion is equal, you know, because I'm the leader and then you're, or, you know, and, and the others are equal. No, no, you, you try to get the lesser ones because if you insist in fairness, it's going to be more conflict. You've got to set the, you've got to set the tone. You've got to be the model of generosity and of scandalous grace. You've got to be the model so that everybody are un, under you will say, wow, he's sacrificing. Okay. I need to sacrifice too. You've got to set the tone. And you know, when, when you become the grace filled person in the family, the grace-filled per person in the organization, you're going to see everyone um, realize this is the way to live. And maybe it'll be better if I just if I just share um, a little story. So, so being when I was still heading like like overall uh, the ministries, it would be it would be logical that I would get the highest salary or allowance, right? Then, then the, then the 200 plus, you know, full-time staffers, etc. You know, like I'm, I should get the highest. What I decided to do was to trust in God. I really felt this is a call. I'm, I'm not insisting this on anyone. Definitely not. But what I did was, okay, everybody needs to get paid. Everybody should have an allowance. So that, that was my, that was my, um, my dream and my desire that, you know, I, I, I take a look at everybody uh, in the staff, you know, they should get paid, they should get paid enough, you know, whatever we can afford, let's give it to them. And so that that was, that was, and then for me, for my own life, I said, I challenge God, I said, Lord, I don't want to receive a salary from my organizations and from my ministries. You bless me outside the system. Can you do that, Lord? <laughs> because I don't want to insist on what I deserve as overall leader and as founder, you know. I want to set a model of sacrifice. And I said, I'm going to set up a few small businesses and can you bless it, Lord? So that's what happened to me. After many, many failures, the businesses <laughs> survived and thrived. And then I realized something. Today, I said to myself, wow, I am more blessed now. Because what God did was he blessed my small businesses and it has it's blessing me much, much more than if I insisted on what I deserve within the organizations or ministries that I set up. I hope I hope my story is a little bit um, understandable. <laughs> but in any situation that I get into, I say to myself, okay, I, I, I am 
the oldest person here or I'm the person with the highest position here. My role is to bless everyone, not to look for after me and what I need and what I deserve. You know, um, I trust in God. He's, he's going to take care of me. I'm not saying don't not not be careless. I did put up those businesses and I did work very hard in spite of the many, many, many failures. I kept on just saying, try again, try again until they succeeded. Um, that's that's the point of just being, say, Lord, can you bless me outside the system? You know, and uh, so there. Here's in closing. I know it's a radical stuff. This is a radical message, right? But this is a radical message, but. Oh, one last thing. So, so in the businesses, I'm the founder uh, of these businesses. And yes, I do get paid um, higher than everyone else. Um, but my role is always looking after my team. You know, f- you know, my constant thought in my mind is, how can I pay them more? Is there a way? Is there a way? You know, I, I crunch the numbers. Is there a way for me to give more? So, so that is my constant thought. That is my constant daily thought. It's liberating. It's so liberating that, that, um, as, as my business mentor would say, you know, my, he's, he's got, he's got more, more employees than I do. He's got, I think, gosh, 300, 300, 400 employees under him. And, and he said, um, <laughs> um, my, 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 my people, they don't need a union leader. I'm their union leader because I'm, I'm constantly fighting that they get the best and that they, they get more. And I think that's the attitude of one who has the responsibility, one who has the leadership, that it's not about you anymore. It's about other people. And so if you have this heart, um, you've, you're, this is it. Don't get what you deserve. Get what grace delivers. God will be the one to repay you. God will be the one to reward you. I've experienced it, and I know that he's going to be there in your life. So here's the thing. Um, maybe right now you feel as though life is unfair. Maybe you you feel like you're getting the short end of the stick. And can I can I speak to you that I want you to trust in him? In fact, I want you to trust in the grace that has been flowing from the cross of Jesus. Because from that cross, he died so that we don't get what we deserve. He died so that you can receive the grace, the free, beautiful grace that is right now being delivered in your life. Don't chase after grace. Grace is the one that is chasing after you. Blessings are chasing after you. Miracles are chasing after you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, yes, thank you, Lord. We love you, Father, and we receive this grace that you pour into our life. Amen and amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph radio.